Today is Wednesday, January 5th, 2022, and this is Montana at Noon. I'm Josh Margolis. Your Weather Command forecast, first off, two weather alerts to provide to you. A windchill warning in effect until 3 p.m. Thursday, and a windchill advisory in effect from noon Thursday to 5 a.m. Friday. For Glacier Hill, Tool Liberty, and Blaine Counties, we're looking at snow with accumulations 1 to 3 inches, and dangerously cold wind chills as low as 45 below zero. Plan on slippery road conditions. Dangerous wind chills could cause frostbite on exposed skin in as little as 10 minutes. Avoid outside activities if possible, and when outside, wear a hat, gloves, and other appropriate clothing. For the rest of your Wednesday, partly cloudy, highs 10 below to 15 below zero. Northwest winds 5 to 10 miles an hour, wind chill readings 30 to 40 below zero. Tonight, partly cloudy in the evening, then becoming mostly cloudy. Lows 25 below to 30 below zero. Northwest winds up to 10 miles an hour, shifting to the southeast after midnight. Wind chill readings 35 below to 45 below zero. Thursday, not as cold with a slight chance of snow in the morning, then snow in the afternoon. Snow accumulation 1 to 3 inches. Highs 5 below to 5 above zero. East winds 5 to 15 miles an hour. Near 100% chance of snow with wind chill readings in the morning 35 below to 45 below zero. Thursday night, not as cold and mostly cloudy. 50% chance of snow in the evening. Lows 5 below to 10 below zero. East winds 5 to 10 miles an hour. Friday, not as cold and mostly cloudy. 20% chance of snow in the afternoon. Highs 20 to 30. Southeast winds 5 to 10 miles an hour. Shifting to southwest 10 to 15 miles an hour in the afternoon. Friday night, mostly cloudy. 50% chance of snow. Lows around 10 below. Saturday, colder and mostly cloudy. 40% chance of snow. High 0 to 5 above zero. Saturday night, colder and partly cloudy. Lows 10 below to 20 below zero. Sunday, not as cold and mostly cloudy. Highs 5 to 15. Sunday night and Monday, not as cold and partly cloudy. Lows 10 below to zero. Highs 25 to 30. And Monday night and Tuesday, partly cloudy. Lows 10 to 20. Highs around 35. The Department of Environmental Quality hosted a public meeting on Tuesday evening, both virtually and at locations throughout the Fort Belknap Reservation, about a proposed mining exploration project near Zortman. The project is proposed by Luke Ployer on private land at the former Zortman mine. Fort Belknap Council President Jeff Stiffarm provided an opening statement, saying it is the tribe's stance to oppose this project, citing pollution caused by previous mining efforts. Nothing has changed. The uh, taxpayers should be paying for the mistake up in the mountains for forever, and we're going to see that that's going to happen with this new mining proposed. DQ and Luke Foyer is, is more worried about money than they are about people's lives. Whitney Bausch of the DEQ provided an overview of the project and said this is a 10-day exploration project and environmental impacts would be minimal. BLM and DEQ currently sample water at a number of locations around the mine site, um, and this exploration project would not engage in any activities that would affect water treatment, reclamation, or monitoring. Shelby DeMars, executive director of the Montana Association of Oil, Gas, and Coal Counties, was the only person during the public comment period that voiced support for the project. Many folks who have commented have stated that they're afraid of this becoming another situation like the Pegasus Mine. And I guess I'd like to point out that our permitting process has come a long way since then. And protecting the environment and developing our natural resources are not mutually exclusive. 
The proposed project is not a full-scale mine, and the operator would have to apply for a separate permit and undergo a separate environmental analysis should he wish to operate a full-scale mine. The environmental assessment says most impacts from the project would be short-term and minor, such as impacts to air quality from dust particulates and exhaust fumes, and a short-term increase in noxious weeds. DEQ will review the public comments to refine the final environmental review. Once that is finished, they'll issue a final bond calculation, which is a financial assurance that the site will be reclaimed after exploration is completed. The bond must be issued by Ployer before DEQ can issue the exploration license. For more on this story, visit HighlineToday.com. A 37-year-old Hingham man was arraigned in Hill County District Court Monday morning based on accusations that he threatened to shoot District Court Judge Katie Snipes Ruiz. Daniel Alex pleaded not guilty Monday to the felony charge of threats and other improper influence in official and political matters before District Judge Olivia Rieger. Court documents allege that Alex made several Facebook posts in mid-December prior to a custody hearing, including one where he threatened to shoot the judge. While being in a 72-hour hold authorized by Haver Probation and Parole, Alex admitted to being behind the Facebook posts. Alex has been in the Hill County Detention Center since December 27th, with a total bond of over $1.3 million. He is accused of violating the conditions of a deferred sentence handed down in May 2020 for criminal mischief. Haver twin brothers were arrested on Monday afternoon after failing to show up to court hearings for felony charges. Curtis George Healy and Timothy Healy, both 20, were arrested by Haver police officers at around 1.46 p.m. and taken to the Hill County Detention Center without incident after missing their scheduled court appearances. Curtis George Healy was supposed to be sentenced at 1.30 p.m. after pleading guilty to the felony of abuse, neglect, or exploitation of a developmentally disabled person. Timothy Healy was supposed to attend a scheduled hearing at 10.30 a.m. on a petition to revoke his bail. Healy pleaded guilty to felony sexual assault in late 2020 based on accusations that he had inappropriate sexual contact with a child under 12 years old. The twins have both been accused of violating the conditions of their releases. The Hill County Park Board convened Monday evening for their regular monthly meeting. The only item of new business was a request from Ray and Debbie Kellenberger about an issue they have with grazing allotments. This past spring, after their nephew gave up his allotment, the Kellenbergers say they should have been given a chance to receive it. The Grazing and Haying Ordinance for Beaver Creek Park says immediate family members may apply for grazing use in the park when an existing grazer gives up their allotment and would have priority provided they qualify. The Kellenbergers say this process was not followed and are asking for an allotment at Beaver Creek Park again, preferably one in the South End. The Park Board ended up tabling the issue and will bring it up again at next month's meeting, saying they will take a hard look at the ordinance. Now taking a look at local COVID updates for today. We'll start with Hill County which yesterday reported four new COVID cases and 11 recoveries. Total case count for Hill, 3,581, 25 active, 71 deaths, 3,485 recoveries. In Blaine County yesterday, they reported one new COVID case and no recoveries. Total case count for Blaine, 1,549 with 10 active, 29 deaths, 1,510 recoveries. And over in Phillips County, they reported three new COVID cases and no recoveries yesterday. Total case count, 894, 12 active, one hospitalized, 26 deaths, 856 recoveries. Turning to state news, and we'll start off with that COVID dashboard from the state. And today, the state reported the most new COVID cases since mid-October, with 1,099, bringing the cumulative total to 200,558. Active case count, 4,520. Active hospitalizations, 141. Death toll, 2,912. Counties with the most new cases today, Gallatin, 252. Yellowstone, 197. Flathead, 172. Missoula, 138. Lewis and Clark, 97. Cascade, 32. 
A 47-year-old Columbia Falls man died from injuries suffered in a Tuesday morning crash on US-2. The Montana Highway Patrol says the crash occurred at 10.38 a.m. at the intersection with Con Road near Columbia Falls. When the southbound GMC Yukon the man was driving, left the roadway and rolled after he lost control. The driver, who was not wearing a seatbelt, was ejected from the vehicle. He was transported to a local hospital where he succumbed to his injuries. The road was snow-covered and icy at the time. There were no other occupants in the vehicle. The Great Falls Police Department says an investigation is underway after an eight-year-old child was found dead. A press release says officers and medical personnel were dispatched to the 600 block of 13th Street South at 9.32 a.m. Monday to render aid for the unresponsive child, who was pronounced dead at the scene. Patrol officers and detectives from the Great Falls Police Department and deputies from the Cascade County Sheriff's Office are continuing the investigation. The child has been transported to Missoula for an autopsy at the Montana State Crime Lab. And now taking a look at wheat prices for today. Daily prices per bushel. We'll start with Hill County where winter wheat's $8.04 and spring wheat $9.32. Blaine County winter wheat $7.94, spring wheat $9.27. Liberty County winter wheat $8.09, spring wheat $9.32. Shoto County winter wheat $8.04, spring wheat $9.32. And Phillips County winter wheat $7.89, spring wheat $9.22. And now, taking a look at funeral notices for today. Joe H. Verplugin, 65, passed away due to natural causes at Benefice Healthcare Monday, January 3rd. Cremation has taken place, and memorial services will be held 11 a.m. this Friday, January 7th, at the Haver Assembly of God Church, with Pastor Kurt Curtis officiating. Burial will take place in the Cottonwood Cemetery, north of Haver, at 3 p.m., also on Friday, January 7th. Joe's family suggests memorial donations be made in memory of Joe to the Karen Comfort Home. Teresa B. Cavondi, 99, passed away due to natural causes at Northern Montana Care Center Thursday, December 30th. Visitation will be held from 10 a.m. until noon, with Teresa's funeral service beginning at 2 p.m., all on this Thursday, January 6th, at Holland and Bonine Funeral Chapel, with Pastor Kurt Curtis officiating. Burial will follow next to her husband Trigg in Highland Cemetery. Her family suggests memorial donations be made in Teresa's memory to the Pat Damshin Memorial Track Scholarship Fund, 1280 Cambry Loop, Helena, Montana, 59604, or to the charity of the donor's choice. And that's going to do it for your Wednesday edition of Montana at Noon. I'm Josh Margolis. Thanks for listening, and remember, seven days a week, we are your source for news and information. KOJM, KPQX, and HighlineToday.com. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Stay safe out on the roads. And please continue to do your part to help flatten the curve.